Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. First up, a new report out states that U.S. Attorney John Durham is expecting to indict a top Democrat lawyer. Next, a White House shade war update, exclusive reporting from us here at Human Events. Operation Minage. Third, the Irish COVID debate. I shared a headline about Irish vaccinations and hospitalizations, and Frank Luntz got a little bit upset with me. Fourth, LifeSite News is doing a comprehensive guide to religious COVID exemptions. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Special Counsel John Durham. Do people remember this guy? Did you even realize that he was still out there? I know, I, I feel like I was in that Titanic meme where it's, you know, it's been 84 years, you know, since this thing was announced. All the way back in 2019, we've heard nothing come of it. You know, if you watch the documentary Plot Against the President, that's out there. I'm in it. Um, my friend Amanda Milius made it. Rick Grinnell's in it. Devin Nunez in it. Great, great film. It really documents all of the malfeasance by the FBI throughout the entire Russiagate scandal. And it's been amazing because we'll mention, you know, Russiagate sort of as a saga, but we don't really spend much time actually talking about the different episodes and the years-long slog that was Russiagate, this massive blue anon left-wing conspiracy theory that absolutely gripped our entire system of government. It certainly led to uh, the elections that have a huge impact on the and influence on the elections in 2018. And of course, it also led to the congressional baseball shooting uh, perpetuated by James T. Hodgkinson, a guy who had posted on his Facebook that he was a believer in Russiagate, right? This false blue anon conspiracy theory. So let's get into what's actually going on here. I want to break down the details so you actually understand what's happening, right? Do you remember the story about Alpha Bank, right? So Alpha Bank was this huge Russian bank, and along came this story towards the end of 2016 that Trump International, Trump Tower, was supposedly communicating with covert uh, computer packets that were communicating with this bank, right? That was the story. And of course, because you have to put this through the lens of the Blue Anon, uh, tinfoil conspiracy nuts, they were saying that that meant that there was some sort of covert financial transaction going on between Trump and the Russians, right? That was the story here. Well, what we didn't know at the time, but later came out, was that Democrats were going. And when I say Democrats, I mean specifically the law firm Perkins Coy that had been hired by the Hillary campaign and was also representing other interested parties at the time had gone to the FBI and was reporting this information to them in order to gin up investigations of Trump. We know, of course, that this later led to a ton of investigations and the debate over whether or not spying took place. No, 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 it wasn't spying. It was a confidential human source. It, was, it wasn't spying. Is it like, guys, I, I, I can tell you this as, a, as somebody who was actually in the intel community. It doesn't matter what word you use. Spying, surveillance, spying, surveillance please. The problem here is that that lawyer for Perkins Coy, Michael Sussman, apparently Durham has identified that when he spoke to the FBI about this, 
He claimed at the time that he was not speaking on behalf of a client, that in fact he was just going out of the goodness of his own heart as a U.S. citizen. That later was proven to be false by his own testimony to Congress. So he goes to the FBI and says, I'm not reporting this on behalf of a client. He goes to Congress and says, yes, I had a client, and my client was the cyber, uh, the cybersecurity guy that was looking into all of this. That's a big problem, because when the FBI was looking into this, they were told, oh, this is real, this is legit, this is huge, I'm gonna go for it. This isn't just some lawyer representing somebody and is operating on behalf of his client. It gave it more credibility, and it made the FBI immediately wanna jump into this thing and start investigating deeper and deeper. That means you made a false statement to the FBI. This is the same kind of stuff that a lot of people go down for. Papadopoulos ended up spending a week in jail because of stuff like this. Now you've got a possible indictment of a Democrat. Is it the top Democrat in the world? Of course not, absolutely. But folks, understand the power dynamics. This kind of thing does not happen in Washington. Perkins Coy is one of the most powerful left-wing law firms in the country. Their lawyer, Mark Elias, was heavily involved in a lot of the electioneering and the rule changes that went on in 2020. Mark Elias has since left Perkins Coy. Interesting timing, to say the least. So for something like this to happen, you need to understand there is a monumental tectonic power shift that goes on. Remember, Tony Podesta, not indicted, even though he was involved with the same deals that Manafort was involved with vis-a-vis -vis Ukraine, right? Understand power dynamics. So many people don't actually talk about this. Washington, D.C. is a left-wing town. Stay tuned. More Behead, H.E. Daily continues. And we're back. Now, folks, for that last segment, I wanted to give a huge shout out. Go follow Technofog, Substack, Twitter, etc. Technofog is one of the absolute best follows you can do for everything involving Russiagate and the aftermath. Please go and follow him. His analysis, absolutely spectacular and just a great follow to begin with. Uh, he's a lawyer. He's anonymous. Doesn't let anybody know uh, who he is, what he really does. I'm certainly not going to dox him here on this program, but go follow Technofog. You will not be disappointed. Next up, Nicki Minaj. What is going on with all of this She's getting a ton of pushback because of her statements on Twitter. Uh, now it's getting to the level of the White House. Fauci's reaching out, etc., etc. Now, me, I'm a big believer in free speech. You have the right to speak your mind. People have the right to disagree, but I'm not going to be someone like Hassan Piker that's going to conversation police anybody and say, oh, you're not allowed to talk to that person. You're not allowed to retweet that person. We are a better society when we have conversations, when we have discussions, right? I think we used to all believe that, we used to all agree that, but for some reason, somewhere along the line, it became, it's not about us having conversations, it's not about us being one group of people, right? Whatever, you know, it's kind of funny because you hear it on the vaccine debate all the time, and that's when this was about, it's we're all in this together, we're all in this together. We're all in this together, but you can't talk to that person. We're all in this together, but you have to hate those people because they didn't get the jab yet. We're all in this together, but you can't get a job, you have to get evicted, et cetera, et cetera, if you look at Occupy Democrats, right? So Nicki Minaj came out, was talking about the vaccine, was talking about different opinions on it, and was explaining, I think, why people were vaccine hesitant, right? Listen to what she said after she says she got banned on Twitter. So you guys, if you haven't already heard, 
I have been suspended um, from Twitter. 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 A place where people say the most horrific things every day. Now, a lot of people are also wondering what's going on with this whole White House situation because she came out and said that she had been invited by the White House to come in or to take part in a conversation. And then there's a bunch of reporting from unnamed White House officials that say, no, she wasn't invited to come in. We just wanted to get her in touch with the doctor. What does that mean what's actually happening, folks? What I can tell you exclusively here, Human Events Daily, is that this is a White House shade war update. So it's time, once again, for the shade war update. Team B, Biden, versus Team K. If you've been following me, you know I've been reporting this story. I think I'm the only person, or at least the first person, that's been talking about this since the beginning of this administration, right? Biden and Kamala and their respective staffs do not like each other, and they are constantly trying to undercut each other, throw each other under the bus. At some points, you've seen this happen very publicly. Other times, it's much more subtle. This is one of those times where one side was making a play, and now the other side is trying to undercut them. So, can you guess which side it was that invited Nicki Minaj in that wanted to start a conversation with Nicki Minaj? It was Team Kamala. It was absolutely Team Kamala. What did Team Biden want to do? This is ridiculous. What Team Biden wanted to do was to launch fact checkers and uh, the apparatchiks of social media against Nikki. They wanted to shut her down. They want to do everything they can to debunk, to use this sort of like top-down, we know all, we are more powerful than you, totalitarian approach, instead of actually having a conversation. Whereas Team Kamala understands, hey, this is one of the biggest stars out there. Let's go and bring her in. Let's have that conversation. Let's go. I mean, it's, it's good politics, of course, for Team Kamala, right? That's something that she's always been trying to do to try to show that she's young, that she's hip. You know, I'm not going to say it actually works, but I'm just talking about the general politics of the situation, right? Look at the TikToker that Jen Psaki, and t but Jen Psaki is clearly Team Biden, by the way. Look at the TikToker insanity that they brought into the White House versus what Team Kamala was trying to do here. So that story goes out public, Nicki Minaj says it, then she goes on Instagram and says, oh, by the way, my management team was even on the call so they know what we're talking about here. So who do you think the anonymous White House official that's reaching out trying to throw Nicki under the bus is? Let's just say she may have red hair and may be constantly referring to everyone that she doesn't like as an insurrectionist from the press briefing. I've got my suspicions, folks. I've just got my suspicions. But you gotta understand, ladies and gentlemen, that's what's going on in this White House. You have a constant battle. It's a turf war, one side against the other, one side throwing the other under the bus all the time. That's why you're constantly getting mixed messages. That's why you're constantly getting uh, these, these false claims that be thrown out everywhere by high-level officials because you've got two sides in the White House and they are, well, they're not at war, but they might be in a shade war. Stay tuned, HE Daily is coming up. The next segment, you guys are absolutely gonna wanna hear this because even though this segment was about Twitter drama, guess what the next segment is about? More Twitter drama! I know you guys love it so much. This time though, it involves myself and everyone's favorite media pollster, Mr. Frank Lutz. <laughs> Stay tuned, we'll be right back. 
So one of the interesting things about being on Twitter is that you're in what I like to call this perpetual state of now. Twitter is a perpetual state of now. And so you could post something and then walk away from that and go be living your life and doing other things. And it turns out that later you find out there's an entire debate raging and you have no idea about it, right? So that's exactly what happened to me last night. So I go and post an article up from the Irish Times, literally copied and pasted the headline of the article. And it says this, Irish Times, COVID, 54% of Irish hospital patients with virus are fully vaccinated. Post the headline, post the link, and then I'm off. I'm out. I'm with Tanya. We're relaxing on our Giza Dream sheets. We're relaxing on our MyPillows, available to you from code POSO, 68% off, uh, up to. And, and we're just relaxing. We're, you know, we're having our night. We're doing whatever. This morning, I wake up, and I get a text message from somebody that says, hey, I threw on some stuff on, your, on that debate that's been going on to respond to Frank Luntz. And I'm like... Frank Luntz is mad at me. What's, what's going on now? So I go, I head back over to Twitter and find out. So Frank Luntz has responded to try to debunk me, even though I didn't, I wasn't really making an argument. I'm just actually sharing the news out, right? Frank Luntz says, in high-vaxxed areas, 75% of Ireland's population is fully vaccinated. The percentage of hospitalizations will tilt towards the vaccinated due to Bayes' theorem, right? So folks, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to be giving you what everybody loves this morning, math. Still, as shown in the example below, the hospitalization rate for vaxxed people is one-tenth that of unvaccinated. And he responds with another example of somebody doing, boy, this is just a very persuasive, you know, <laughs> the producer will show that later, very persuasive theorem describing the efficacy of the vaccinations. And the, the idea is basically this. The idea is basically this, folks. I can, I can break this down very quickly and say that if you're in an area where a lot of people are vaccinated, but some people still go to the hospital, that means that if, if you're in the hospital, the chances are will rise that you will be someone who is vaccinated, right? Get it? That's, that's what he's saying. That's, that's, that's the general gist of what he's saying. But then we get a response from one of my followers, Luther was wrong, and here's what he wrote. So the, here's the problem. When you use the actual numbers instead of the made-up example you gave, the efficacy is actually 61.3% and falling fast. And he wrote, for a numbers and stats guy, you suck at math. And he shows his, I think it's literal back of the napkin math here. I want people to understand this, right? I'm not making an argument about getting vaccinated or unvaccinated. That's not the point. My point is to understand the representations and misrepresentations by our government, by the media, and by this massive public propaganda campaign that's going on about this thing. They are saying, if you get it, your life is over, your life will change, or excuse me, the pandemic is over, everything will change, everything will be great. It's, it's sunshine and roses and rainbows across the valley after you've been vaccinated. But here's the thing. Then they're turning around and saying that if you're unvaccinated, you are the problem. If you are unvaccinated, you are the cause of the pandemic. Not some lab in Wuhan, not the CCP, not Peter Doshak, not Fauci, not everything that was going on there. No, 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 no. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. But we turn around then and see headlines like this that say 54% of people hospitalized are also vaccinated. And so this is the point that I'm trying to make, something that Frank, Frank, didn't seem to care about right, with his little creepy uh, fake Oval Office replica that he has in his house. Seriously, go look, it's like not something a normal person would have. I wasn't making a comment about that, Frank. 
My comment was specifically the idea that there's more to the story than your side is letting on. And remember, Frank Luntz, we know who funds him. We know about his history with the Sacklers. We know about his history on Oxycontin and his history in essentially promoting what turned into the opioid epidemic. So let's take a step back and we'll say, everybody's got different arguments they can make. But isn't there information, just like we just talked about in the Nicki Minaj situation, isn't there information that people are being prevented from talking about, people are being prevented from sharing? These are data points. And those data points are valid, they are true, and they are just as important and just as needed to have a serious conversation rather than yelling at people to shut up, to sit down, and be quiet. We'll be right back. HE Daily continues. Life Site News has just put out a comprehensive guide on how to apply for religious and medical exemptions to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Now, does that mean it is going to work 100% of the time? Not necessarily. However, I've had so many people flooding my inbox saying, Jack, how do I do this? Jack, I'm in the military. Jack, I'm working for this company. Jack, I'm in the government, right? What can I do? How do I stand up for this thing? Also, uh, you know, I keep hearing these stories that abortion or, you know, these fetal blood cells were used potentially um, to generate some of this or do some of the testing in a lot of these vaccines. What's the deal with that? Is that something that I can sit with and be supportive of if my religion, for example, mine, I'm Catholic, right, is extremely pro, or excuse me, pro-life, anti-abortion, right? We're extremely anti-abortion. So go to LifeSite News, look at this comprehensive guide. It's amazing. It goes through for the military, for priests, options for other people that are out there. And it gives you the templates, actual legal letters drawn up by places like Liberty First, like Liberty Council. I think Robert Barnes is involved. Uh, I see with one of them, you can go in and then you can actually figure out, they even go in in terms of religion, uh, they have one for personal employment, for Jewish, for Orthodox Old Testament, New Testament exegesis, Eastern Orthodox, etc. cetera. Um, there's uh, resources for Protestants, resources for Catholics. There's even an option for Catholics is to join the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. It says that members or those wanting to become members follow the simple process. You can request a personally signed letter from Bishop Athanasius Schneider. His Excellency will attest to a person's membership in a Catholic organization, namely the Confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima, that holds abortion-tainted vaccines are gravely immoral. Folks, this is exactly what you've been looking for. And so I really commend the people over at LifeSite News for putting this together. It's incredibly comprehensive. You can download it very quickly. They also have uh, Thomas More Society for legal help. I mean, just, just really go look at this thing. Personhood Alliance is involved. This is incredible. The fact that you've got people now from the religious community deciding to take a stand, to stand up, bring all of this forward and say, look, we actually do believe these things. We believe in morality. We believe in right and wrong. And this is our belief. Folks, you have to take a stand for your beliefs. That's one of the reasons, by the way, that I think, and I was having this discussion after mass last weekend, we said, why is it that the Latin mass is taking off so much 
for Catholics right now? Why are Latin masses packed every Sunday? And you're seeing the uh, the Novus Ordo, the modern masses, the English language masses, it's still declining and it's been declining for years. What's the difference? Well, I think something that really went on and turned people the wrong way, it certainly turned me the wrong way, is that you would show up for mass during the pandemic, right, when lockdowns were really enforced, and you'd be turned away from a church. I've never been turned away from a church in my life. Isn't the whole point of a church to have open doors? And I think for a lot of families or with the social distancing, they'd say, oh, well, you know, this pew is full, so you can't sit here. Or, oh, you guys have kids, but you showed up two minutes after it started, so you got to, you know, wait in the back, you got to stand there. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the way people were treated, it really goes to make you think, is this a religion? Or is this just some kind of trumped up self-help group? What are you doing? How are you conducting yourselves? And I think the way that you conduct yourself shows the world who you are. I think the way that you conduct yourself and specifically how you treat others, whether it be a waiter, whether it be an Uber driver, whether it be somebody that's coming up to your show, somebody that's asking you for a selfie, et cetera, et cetera, that shows you who you really are. So I commend LifeSite News for showing the world who they really are, putting their money where their mouth is and putting their faith where their prayers are. Great job, go follow it. All right, folks, that's all the time we have today here on HE Daily. But before we go, it's time for today's moment in history. Did you know that today, September 16th, is the 101st anniversary of the anarchist Wall Street bombing? The anarchist Wall Street bombing, what the heck is that? Yeah, the anarchist Wall Street bombing, 1920 never actually been solved, even though it killed over 40 people and was perpetuated by left-wing anarcho-socialists. Go read about it, antifabook.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.